Thank you for joining us once again for Kingdom Rock Radio. Now here's a sample of today's broadcast. Um, that comes up. Now every once in a while you get a word that is direct to you, to your situation for that moment. And it'll blow you up. Oh, and excitement will come and tears will fall. You know, that is really how you're experiencing Jesus. You know, even in a relationship, sometimes you feel like you love, sometimes not so much. Remember, if you would like to hear more about our ministry, just log on to KingdomRock.org. That's KingdomRock.org. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the rich word of God. We've been in a series on Wednesday night, as you know, uh, hearing from the Lord with message titles. Uh, are you listening? Can you hear me now? And, uh, and so many others. But tonight, Lord, leads us there. You can hear from God. It is your right as a born-in believer to hear from God, to, to speak to him and for him to speak to you. It should be very natural for each believer uh, to communicate with the Lord on a regular basis. It is natural. So we've got to establish that first of all. It is natural for us to hear from God. As a matter of fact, this is one thing that sets us apart from all the other nations, all the other people, all the other religions and things of that nature. The fact that um, not just that we can talk to God, because there are a lot of people that talk to God every day. They talk to God in the prisons. They talk to God in the strip clubs. They talk to God nowhere. People talk to God. Lord, help me out. Please help me, help me, help me. The people talk to God. So the talking to God is not the big thing, but it's when you can hear him talk to you and you respond and get results. This is the thing that sets us apart as born-again believers from the masses. Uh, we thank the Lord for it. All right, well, we're going to start here in John the 10th chapter, John 10. I'm going to read just a little bit of, I'm going to do just a little bit of reading, but we could really go from verse 1 to verse 30, but we're just going to pick out just a few key things. So I would ask you uh, definitely to go home and just review John the 10th chapter, and it's going to be a blessing to you. And it reads, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the Lord Jesus speaking, of course, uh, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice. Underline or make special note that when he enters, when the shepherd enters, the sheep will hear his voice. Say, the sheep hear his voice. Okay, so at the entrance of the shepherd, the sheep will hear his voice. All right. And he calleth his own sheep by name and leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them and the sheep follow him for they what? Know his voice. Now, that's the second time he said it. They know his voice and a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him for they know not the voice of strangers. They know not the voice of strangers. Okay, we're going to stop there just for a second. A few things we have to see and realize. The Lord is, he's, he's actually said this multiple times uh, in John the 10th chapter, but we've just covered two. He's saying here, he used the term, my sheep, 
and uh, know my voice. My sheep know my voice. Now, now look at verse number three again. Uh, It says, uh, to him the porter openeth, so the Lord comes in, and his sheep hear his voice. And then he leads them out. Now, what I want you to notice is that the very bottom part of of verse 3, he leads them out. He leads them out. That means, uh, like it says in verse 4, that they follow him. The latter part of verse 4 said they follow him. The Lord comes in. He begins to speak. And then he begins to lead the sheep and the sheep follow. In other words, the Lord Jesus is going ahead of us. And we are following his voice. We're following him uh, by way of his voice. Okay, We may not always be able to see what he's doing or, or see um, him in our lives. But if we can hear his voice, we can follow. We can follow if we can hear and know his voice. But understand, it's, it's really not feasible or possible for us to really be able to discern his voice without knowing his word. There are many say, I hear from God all the time, and they wear these nice white jackets with the arms that go behind them like that. You know, they call them straight jackets, right? They say, I hear God, I hear God, I hear God. But people don't believe them because there are no results in their life. People think they're crazy. They foam at the mouth and everything else, right? I hear God, I hear God, I hear God. But when we hear God, there are corresponding signs and wonders. There are results, when God speaks to us, okay? But the Lord will not speak apart from his word. What he, what you hear him say, you can find it in the word. You can, if you can find it in the word, you'll often hear him saying it to you. He's reminding you the, the word, the uh, written word and the spoken word will always agree. Say it with me. The written word, the written word. and the spoken word, the word will always agree. So if there is ever a point in your life uh, when you say, I heard God speak to me. But when you go to the go to the Bible, go to his word, it doesn't doesn't jive, so to speak. It doesn't agree. And let me tell you, you did not hear from God. There are other speaking spirits that are out there among us. Other speaking spirits that can speak the same language. OK, uh, but if the spoken word and the written word do not agree, there's a problem. Now, let's say we did hear from God. Uh, but if you did hear from God, he will help you find it in Scripture. Never go before people, as I speak to ministers and I speak to a laity, never go before somebody with a quote-unquote revelation from God that you have not studied out in his word. Okay, really there are four, st- four steps or phases uh, that you need to go through. Uh, number one, the first thing is inspiration, right? You're going, to, you're going to get an inspiration from the Lord. Some people will go straight from inspiration to presentation. That's wrong. There are two other steps in between. There's inspiration, number one. Then there should be education. In other words, get educated about what you've heard. Study about what you've heard. You say, I heard the Lord tell me um, that, that, that he was going to heal my body. And I'm going to go out and I'm going to preach it. Well, while it is true that the Lord will heal your body, uh, if you go out and begin to spout that God's going to heal everybody, God's going to heal you, God's going to heal you, God's going to heal you, well, what you've done, you have begun to tell them, you've begun to educate them, but they're educated based on what you say he said. 
if we have not given them what he said directly so that they can stand upon the word, not stand upon the sand. Remember, sand, dirt, earth, and that's man's wisdom. Rock, that's Christ. He who heard my words and did them, I'll show you who is like. He's like a man who built his house upon a rock. Okay? Everything else is sand. Everything else is sand. We've got to take the people back to the word of God. First of all, you have an inspiration. Secondly, there should be education. You've got to study it out. Study it out. Third, there should be application. You've got to prove it in your own self. Prove it. Let the Lord work it out in you. You know, and then it comes out, of course, uh, the last thing is presentation. So there is inspiration. You heard from God. That's a good thing. Praise the Lord. Then you need to educate, educate yourself. In other words, study to show yourself approved on what you believe he's told you. Okay, study that out. Thirdly, uh, there is application. That is, I mean, make it make sure it's working in you first. All right. If you can't get it working in you, what you mean? Why are you telling me? Okay. And then fourth, there's presentation. Then you go ahead and tell somebody else. See, that's when you really have power behind it. When you've got a witness, you say, I heard God say it. I studied it. He, it is what he said in his word. So I can stand on something. Praise the Lord. Um, so I've, I've, um, heard it. I've studied it. And now I'm applying it to my life. He said, tithe and offer. He said, I can lay hands on the sick and say, and see the sick recover. I did it. And look, these were the test results before they were healed, before Jesus healed them. And now he's the test results after. And now I can witness to the thing. Are you with me? That's power. That's power. That's power. But never go just purely from inspiration to presentation. Okay, they always the word must agree. The written word must agree with the spoken word. Now, if you are a student of the word, hear me. If you are a student of the word, the Lord will oftentimes tell you something and bring something back to your remembrance, something that he's already dealt with you about. Are you hearing me? He's already dealt with you about it. You've already studied it. You, uh, you know what the word says in accordance to that. You can even go and look it up again. All right, Lord, I, because you made this solid. God can make the word solid in you. Remember, scripture says it is the engrafted word that is able to save our souls. Now, this engrafted word is the word that God has placed in you, that he placed in you. Now, while it is good for us to hear other ministers, it is good for us to hear other preachers. That's good. That, that, that's good. Uh, what other ministers and even your pastor is designed to do is to supplement you. Okay? We can give you supplements. And sometimes, Lord, to give you full course meals. But your primary, uh, your primary instructor is the Holy Spirit. As you spend time with him in your own Bible study and your own uh, times of intercession. Now, what you find that even in the church service, as the pastor is bringing forth the word of God or as other ministers are bringing forth the word of God, they can be on one verse and they're gone. I'm going on to the next verse, but you're still stuck on the first verse that they mentioned. And the Lord is showing you things about that. Why? He's the primary instructor. And he's going to clue you in to exactly what you need to have at that moment. All right. Look up toward heaven and say, Lord, teach me. By your spirit. You see, the Holy Spirit is one who will lead us into all truth and show us things to come. 
Uh, so we don't stand. I, I, none of you need to stand based solely on what you've heard from a minister or from a preacher. And see, that's been a mistake of a lot of people because there have been a lot of ministers or preachers that have been just incorrect, just flat out incorrect. They've had a bit of truth, but it's been mixed in with a lot of a colloquialism or mixed in with a lot of um, um, a lot of words that they heard from somebody else that they didn't study themselves. You know, uh, we can hear things and we think we got it, but we actually heard the wrong thing. I mean, you cannot go solely on what people say. That's why we turn your attention to the book. Turn your attention to the book. Read it from the book. Are you with me? All right, well, we'll leave that alone. So God's people will follow the Lord Jesus, of course, is the shepherd of the sheep. He's one that is leading the church. We are his sheep, right? Now, when the Lord says we are his sheep, that means really three three different things. That There's more, but it means three different things. Uh, that means that we are dedicated to him. Uh, that means, too, that he owns us. We are his sheep. He says they are, he said, my sheep. But Paul said this way, I am bought with a price. I am not my own, but I've been bought with a price. It also talks about us um, having faith in the blood sacrifice of Jesus Christ. We have faith in him. He has purchased me with his own blood. And which, of course, also uh, talks about us uh, really sort of divorcing our own identity in him. It's not my will, Lord, but it's your will. What do you want me to do? And really, the the more we catch that revelation that it's not me, but it's him, uh, that really will promote you to walking closer to him. Now, you can have as close a walk with the Lord as you want. Remember, the Lord said, follow me, follow me, follow me, follow me. Now, somebody said, well, isn't Jesus everywhere, in God everywhere? So I must be right here. He's right here with me, right here next to me. That is true, but you may not be following him that closely. Are you with me? If we were, then the Bible would not tell us to draw nigh unto God. There, there can be a distance sort of in the spirit in our follow or in our walk with him. Now, you can walk with the Lord just as closely as you want to walk, but it's going to require a sacrifice on your part. It's going to require us putting away false idols, putting away uh, naughty, naughty things. Praise the Lord. It's going to um, require us uh, being intentional in our walk. I'm getting up at this time of morning or I'm praying uh, to God at this time of the day because I want to be closer to him. I'm spending this time with him, spending this time in his word because I want to be closer to him. Uh, and really following after the Lord, that re- really also talks about uh, having a readiness to obey him, a readiness to obey him. If we say we walk closely with Jesus, but we're disobedient, you're deceiving yourselves. Now, our salvation is not in question. Please hear me. Your salvation is not in question. Once you've received the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ as your substitute, okay? He took your place on the cross. He was your substitute. Say substitute. He is atoned for your sins. And I really want to get more into that. I really want to because it's just, it's just saturated. The, the epistles, the New Testament is just saturated with it. And it needs to be. Hallelujah. Okay, if you receive him as your substitute, as your sacrifice, your salvation is locked. You are secure. 
Okay, you are secure. Uh, the Bible says in, in uh, Hebrews 10 chapter, remember that we are eternally cleansed. Now, this is, of course, if we have received the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, if we have believed, truly believed. Now, what we have are a whole lot of people that go to church that even say, I know Jesus, and they may know of Jesus, but they never received his sacrifice. They were associated with him, but they don't know him. And we see those folk, and we have a problem thinking, well, if if I'm saved, they say, then, you know, then something's wrong, because I'm looking at them. You know, we think something's wrong, but no. Uh, you know, that that's between them and the Lord. That's between them and the Lord. And, and really, we can't judge anyone's walk because we don't know anything about them. But the only person we can be uh, sure about, we need to be sure about, is who? Is ourselves. So you know whether or not you have received the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, if that is so, if that is true, then you're locked. You are secure. The Lord won't keep and won't let you fall. He says here in John, the 10th chapter, let's look at that. We'll skip a little bit. Uh, let's go to uh, verse number 27. Verse 27 says, my sheep, what? Hear my voice. There it is again. And I know them and they know me. And I give unto them, what? Eternal life. These are the born again believers, right? Don't you have eternal life in Christ Jesus? Sure we do. He's talking about us. Say he's talking about me. He said, and I give unto them eternal life and they shall never, what? Never perish. Now that's, that's a lock. We need to be secure in our salvation. Okay, we need to be secure in our salvation. Remember, if we walk over to the left a bit, walk away from his will a bit, remember the Lord would chastise those and rebuke those that he loves. Um, if I see my daughter or my son walking contrary, uh, walking in sin or walking in disobedience, I'm going to go to them and I'm going to correct them. If I see them in rebellion, they're being rebellious toward me. We're going to have a talk, me, you and dad, and we're going, we, we're going to talk. And we're going to talk about your rebelliousness and what's going on, right? Well, this, the father loves us more than I love my children. He loves us all. And he knows how to talk to us when we're getting out of order. He's a good father. He's not an absentee father. Are you with me? He's watching over his children. He knows what's going on in our lives. So if we go wayward left or wayward right, you'll find him right there, right there with you, trying to bring you back. And not trying, but really he's going to bring you back. Because remember, Lord Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd. I'll leave the 99 and come after you. Are you with me? I'll leave them and come after you because he loves us. He loves us. Now, look at this. It says, uh, uh, verse 28, the middle of it, it says, and they shall never perish. Isn't that wonderful? It says, uh, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. You won't be able to pull us out of the Lord's hand. Isn't that wonderful? He said, my father, which gave them me. Look, look at that. My father, which gave them me, gave them me. God gave Jesus to us. Isn't that right? Uh, is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. So not only are we in the Lord Jesus's hand, we're also in the father's hand. We're in the hand of God. 
So there's no sin, no devil, no man that can take us away from the Lord. Praise the Lord. We thank the Lord for that. Amen. Because we know that there can still be a, a sinful nature, a carnal nature. I really want to get into that sometime. There is still a carnal nature that is in play uh, that we are uh, being transformed away from. That's that old man that is still trying to creep up. It is kind of kind of like uh, uh, someone has a, a yard and it's full. Let's say they planted all new grass. They burned up all the other. They had it, you know, they dug it all up and they they planted some new sod all in there. But don't you know, no matter how much sod you put up after a while, they will still come up out of that soil. Some crabgrass or something or some weeds will still grow, even though you didn't plant it. But it's in the soil. It's in the dirt. It's in the earth. We can say it's in the flesh, no matter how clean you are. Every once in a while, some mess tries to grow up. Hallelujah. And we just go to the Lord and say, Lord, look, there's some crabgrass right there. He'll skeet it. And it'll be gone. Praise the Lord. But as long as we're in this flesh, we're still subject to crabgrass. Are you still with me? Still subject to it. Still subject to it as long as we're in this. Because the Lord planted all new grass on us. We're brand new. We're a brand new yard, if you, if you can understand where I'm going with this. All right, look at this. Okay, it says, uh, that no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. He said, verse 30, I and my father are one. Of course, when he said that, they got angry and they picked up some stones. We're going to stone him for making himself equal with, equal with God. All right. Let me show you a few more things that we're going to close out for tonight. You get anything out of this word? All right. So look at, uh, again, verse number four. It says, he uh, putteth them, rather, he putteth forth his own sheep. He goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. That we're able to follow because we know his voice. We know his voice because we spent time with him. Uh, he also says in Matthew eleven twenty nine, Matthew eleven eleven twenty nine. You know this one. He says to learn of him. He said, "Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls." So we got to learn of the Lord. If people say, "I love Jesus," but they don't love His Word, something is wrong, because Jesus and His Word are one. Remember he said he is the word of God that was made flesh and that dwelt among us, right? When the word of God goes forth, if it burns in your heart, if it sparks a fire, you know, really you can say that is how you feel about Jesus. Now the preaching, the preacher, uh, you know, that's totally different. The presentation may be different, but at the entrance of his word, there should be some light there. There should be a little fire, a little spark, hmm, hmm, some interest um, that comes up. Now, every once in a while, you get a word that is direct to you, to your situation for that moment, and it'll blow you up. Oh, and excitement will come and tears will fall. You know, that is really how you're experiencing Jesus. You know? Even in a relationship, sometimes you feel like you love and sometimes not so much. 
And of course, I love my wife all the time. You understand? There are different levels, right? Uh, even like with parents with children. Sometimes I could just, mm, love my children. Mm. Other times, oh, give me a minute. And they'd say the same thing about me, I'm sure. But, you know, there are different, different levels, different levels. So when the word of God goes forth, we should be able to have that experience with the Lord. Sometimes it will be strongly emotional. Other times it will be very interesting. It will spark an interest in it. it will, sometimes it will burn. I pray it always just burns within us as we hear the word of God, as we hear his word. So we're, we're building that relationship. We begin to know his voice uh, by spending time with him, by learning of him. And also, as we said before, we're separating ourselves from other voices. Uh, you know God's voice a whole lot better when we don't hear so much other stuff because our minds, our hearts can be tainted with many other voices, many other voices, many other voices. All right. All right. Just a few more things. Um, verse 11 says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Didn't Jesus do that? Sure he did. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. He did that. Verse 14 he said, I am the good shepherd again. He said, and know my sheep and am known of mine. Now he's qualifying this again. He said, I know my sheep and my sheep know me. And I love that. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Now this is just not, you know, like I could say, well, I know President Obama. I know President Bush. I, I, I know them. But do you know him? You know, can you say that you know them? You, but we're saying is what I know of them. I know of them, but you don't know them. Uh, to know somebody, this word know here in the Greek really talks about being intimate. In other words, you spent some candlelight evenings with Jesus. You know, you've, you, you've had some quiet conversations with him. You've wept in his presence. You've cried out to him and you've seen him save you and deliver you. You've heard his tender voice. You've felt him calming you, especially in deep times of mo uh, mourning or depression. You felt him raise you up. You've spent some time. You've been through some things with him. And you say, yeah, I know him. He says, I know you and you know me. Oh, that's a wonderful thing, isn't it? Remember, the Bible talks in the book of Ephesians talks about the, uh, the, the Lord and his church being like a husband and wife. That that intimate connection, just that intimate, you know, he said, I speak of mystery, but I speak of um, the church. Christ in his church talks about a man, how a man should love his wife and give himself for her as Christ gave himself to the church. You know how a wife should uh, uh, should uh, honor or um, you know, honor her husband. Hallelujah. You know, as as and and. Obey or submit as Christ. <laughs> Praise the Lord as the church submits unto Christ. But you know, when those two are set in order, there's no problem. There's no problem. But he speaks about Christ and his church, husband and wife, the church being uh, the bride. You know, he talks about us being together. So the Lord says, I know you. I know you. And he says, and they know me. What a wonderful testimony that is. Isn't that wonderful? He says again, uh, in verse 14, I am the good shepherd. 
I know my sheep and am known of mine. Verse 15, as the father knoweth me, even so know I the father. And I laid down my life for the sheep, which is exactly what he said in, in Ephesians. The Lord said, I love you so much. I know you so much that I'm willing to do this for you. Isn't that wonderful? That is wonderful. Let's look at just a couple more and then we're going to close out. Verse 24. Then came the Jews round about him and said unto him, How long uh, doest thou make us to doubt? If thou be the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and ye believe, and you believe not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. Look at verse 26. But ye believe not, because ye are not my, you are not of my sheep, as I said. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. So he says some things over and over again, doesn't he? Notice, he said, uh, you, you don't believe me. Why don't we believe you? Because you don't know me. You're not mine. You're not mine. You know, some things you can only see when you're a part of the group, part of the club, so to speak. You'll only know. That's why the Lord said in John, the third chapter, um, as he talks to Nicodemus, he said, except you be born again, you can't even see the kingdom of God. You can't even understand what I'm talking about. You can't even understand. You can't even partake of it. And the Lord says, uh, you know, that um, those that are of God will hear us. You know, so there's some things that you really can't explain to some, uh, but we, we do have to be ready to give everyone an answer. So this is why the Lord says we got to study to show ourselves approved unto God. Because it's going to take more. In these last days, it's going to require more than just a preacher knowing the word. You've got to know the word. You've got to know the word. Okay? You've got to be ready to give someone an answer for your faith, for what you believe, and why you believe it. You have to know. And you have to be able to hear from God. In that moment when they question you and they haul you in the court, or whether it's in a physical courtroom or they just uh, badgering you in, in, in the break room, in that moment, as you learn to hear from God, you don't know what to say, but you hear the voice of the Holy Spirit telling you, leading you in what to say to them. And it will pierce the darkness and change the situation. You can hear from God. Why? Because you're a sheep. You're dedicated to him. You belong to him. You've received this sacrifice. You believe in what he's done. You've had an experience with him. You know him. And he knows you. Your heart groans within you to learn the word and to study and to, and to pray and, and be in fellowship with him. You can hear from him. You're his sheep. And he longs to talk to you. He longs to talk to you. Let me tell you that now as we close. God really does long to talk to you. He's speaking right now. He longs to talk to you. He longs for the fellowship that he has with you. He longs for that fellowship. Let me say this last thing. In the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, remember as the children of Israel were out at Mount Sinai, um, there is, this is when Moses gave the Ten Commandments. God told Moses, sanctify the people because tomorrow they're going to see some great stuff happening. He said, tell them, don't come close to this mountain here or you're going to be consumed. 
Okay, God's high on the mountaintop. His presence is there. But he told them, don't come close or, you, or you're going to die. You're going to die because they're still under the old covenant of law. You know, you're still stinking in sin and, and I'm very holy. And if you bring that over here, you're going to die. The Lord said, I want to be with you, but I'm going to be up here on this mountain. And y'all stay down there, but don't touch the mountain. Then when Jesus Christ came, oh, I love this, who is the mediator of the new covenant. What does he say in, what does he say in the New Testament? He says, come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Mm-mm-mm. As he brings a new covenant in, now he seeks relationship with us. And he says, come here, come here now, come here now. Because we can come now because of what Jesus has done. So we can draw nearer to him. We can follow right behind him. We can, like little children, like little grandchildren, children, following behind the parents. We can do that now because of what Jesus has accomplished for us. So you can hear from God. Yes, you can. Just continue just to give yourself to him. You'll hear his voice. Study. Show yourself approved unto God. Spend that time with him, and you'll hear his voice clearer and clearer and clearer. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand of praise. Remember, if you would like to hear more about our ministry, just log on to kingdomrock.org. That's kingdomrock.org. 